It's time for Mature Muscle with Lee and Phil. Hello and welcome to Mature Muscle. This is season two, episode two. I hope you're doing really well. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of season two, which had uh, Greg White and uh, Andy Lane on. I thought that was uh, excellent. If you haven't watched the video of it, I think it's worth watching. Um, I'm here as usual with Lee. Say hello, mate. Hello. <laughs> Do you know what was cool? Do you know what I actually did on that when we uh, when I posted the video? And for those who don't know, the video is hosted on our YouTube channel. So if you go to Mature Muscle on YouTube, you'll find it. I cut out the bloopers. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, every time we interview um, people on the video, I'm going to cut the bloopers out and then we can do a blooper reel at the end. Oh, that's got to be done. Well, it's not even really a blooper. It's actually his, I actually said it's actually a joke he told, which was quite funny, but it was kind of like dad joke. So was it was cool. a proper dad joke. Yeah. I mean, they, they were, those two were just hilarious before uh, before we started anyway. And then yeah. they were a pretty good during, but they, yeah, they were especially were. good. Yeah, so I started recording. I thought, oh, should I leave it in? I thought, no, 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 let's cut it out and then we can do some like bloopers or something stupid at the end if we can. I'm sure we'll have plenty of them at some point. So yeah. today, we are going to start off today with our new segment, which is going to be just fitness news. We should have come up with a quirkier name than that, <laughs> just fitness yeah. news. Yeah, maybe maybe someone can send in with a suggestion. <laughs> yeah. I'm all so, out of names. We're so prepared. And then we're going to cover something which we didn't cover in season one, which I was surprised about, and that is uh, core training, which we may have probably touched upon it during some episodes, but we didn't actually spend a whole episode on it. So we can do that today, talk about core, how that relates to, you know, performance, you know, what it relates to performance, back pain, the usual stuff, and, you know, what people get wrong, what people can do better. So hopefully people go away and they can get better results from their from their core training. Can um, we, yeah, can we, I just remembered something. Do you, mind, do you mind, just before we go to the news thing, can we talk about our uh, obesity challenge? Um, which we forgot to do last time on the last episode. Yeah, you can talk um, about whatever you want, mate. We clearly have no structure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just roll with it, mate. Just, just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely bring it up because I'm definitely I forgot, I forgot to mention it last time. So we've had loads of um, entries from, from men um, okay. and zero, a big fat zero, uh, pardon the pun, from <laughs> women. Now, I can only think this is because all the women out there are so lovely. They don't want to throw their mate under the bus and say, yeah, I've got a fat mate. She'll be, she needs help, please, you know, sign her up kind of thing. Now, if that's the case, then you know, then fair enough. But I could I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but I think what we what might be a good idea to do is open it up to if there is a listener out there who is has been trying is a beast who's been trying yeah. to shift the way, doesn't know what they do, doesn't really know, even though they've been listening and they still don't quite get it, or it's just more difficult than they thought. Any any reason that you can come up with really Nominate then yourself. drop us an email. Um, and we can we, we'll we'll get you on board because we said we've had loads of men, we've had zero women. We wanted one of each, male and female. Um, so rather than just kick off with the men, we just want to try and get a woman on board as well. So, um, as I said, if you're out there and you're listening, you're thinking, "Yep, that's me all over." Um, please send us an email to hosts at maturemusclepodcast.com, Correct? That is correct. Yes. Yeah, that was that was that was a shocker. I got that right. Yeah. First go. <laughs> um yeah so i'll put this in the show notes as well just as a little reminder um but yeah i just wanted to say that so um yeah don't be shy out there ladies please if you, if this if you've got a mate um you think she would really help it'd be helped by us um and but it's a bit diff- delicate you could even if you like um just email us and not contact her and then we can contact her on very subtly and, and gently um on your behalf maybe that w- might work um, but anyway, have a think about it out there and, um, if you know, let us know. Yeah. 
definitely cool um right so i've got a little um on, on the same kind of subject as, as obesity and lifestyle actually this this one came up um a little while ago well, about a week and a half ago and i wanted to i wanted to talk about it and we can have a little chat about it first phil and then we'll move on to the main event but um, i'll read it out first it's not that long uh and the 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 headline is um a time bomb of cognitive decline, right? So people who pile on the pounds in their 20s and 30s may be more likely to struggle with basic cognitive skills later in life, a study has found. Previous research found a link between cardiovascular risk factors in middle age and the worsening cognition in older age. But this study was among the first to show that younger people with unhealthy lifestyles may also be storing up problems for themselves. These results are striking and suggest that the early onset, uh, sorry, early adulthood may be uh, critical time for the relationship between these health issues and later life cognitive skills, said Christine Yaff of the University of California, San Francisco. With more young people developing diabetes and obesity in early adulthood, this could have a significant public health implications for cognitive health in later life. The research analysis and data from, from four years earlier um, and <clears throat> four, four studies involving 15,000 people who, whose health was tracked up to 30 years and who were regularly tested for their cognitive skills. The team found that high BMI, blood pressure and glucose levels in their early adulthood doubled the average rate of cognitive decline, as did being obese. According to an NHS survey in 2019, almost a quarter of adults in the UK between 25 and 34 are obese, almost a quarter. So um, I thought it was pretty interesting because it kind of just stacks the deck even more against you know obesity being healthy for, for you know for all of those um people out there who, who saw the the cosmo front covers and the, the, we've talked about this a couple of times yeah. um saying that obesity isn't that bad as long as you stay fit you know it's not big a big deal well you know even more there so, so apart from the obvious stuff about diabetes um you know and heart conditions and everything else and and the risks associated with diabetes now it's looking at it might be a big factor in the cognitive decline so things like alzheimer's and all sorts um so yeah it's a bit of a shocker so i just thought i'd share that with everyone a nice nice positive news story but you know they're not always happy they're um they're quite often quite scary and um quite shocking so <laughs> it yeah. will scare you into losing weight. I'll tell you what, that was yeah. actually quite a serious news story. I was expecting you to have something like, I don't know, a dog in America that can bench press. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, mate? I'll try and find you a bench pressing dog story <laughs> yeah. next time. No, no that just, is, it's I'm, a serious point, though. It's a serious point. Like, uh, you know, that it is. is. It's just because the reason I, the reason I wanted to bring it up is, is because we often talk about the health side, just the physical health side of, um, you know, why you shouldn't be obese and why it's a good idea to keep fit and strong and, you know, and, and active. But this is also, you know, pointing towards the mental side of it now. So your mental health and, and, and you know, cognitive skills. So, so, you know, you actually lose your noggin as well as your physical which, side. So it's super scary to me. I don't know about like, getting Alzheimer's or dementia or something like is like that is, you know, especially if some people get it quite young. Oh, you know, we're not yeah, saying you get the you, early onset one, don't you? Yeah, we're not saying, you know, they've been saying for a while that exercise can like help that as well. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying we can cure it, but it is worth, it is, uh, if you, I think it, we, we will get to that point where you start to say to yourself, we need to do as much as possible to yeah. just like keep ourselves like, well, yeah, mentally and physically in good yeah. nick. I mean, you know that. Hopefully, that's uh, that, that might just raise a bit of interest there. Um, I'll put the I'll put the whole thing in the in the show notes as well. It's it's, uh, it's it's quite an interesting one. But anyway, yeah, okay, fire away on the core, mate. Right, core training. 
my favourite thing to do. Not should we discuss what the core is first? Maybe? Yeah, let's discuss the core. What it does. So the core. Most people will think of the core as your like abs, and more specifically, I guess most people will think of their their core as just being like you know the six pack muscle, you know the, the front. Yeah. Well, that's where people go wrong. The core is actually a lot more complicated, and you know some people will argue the core is you know most you know much more than it is like glutes, hamstrings, you know, lower back because it lats even the lats because of how the fascia. You know, people forget that the body isn't just separate muscles; they're all joined together in like it's almost like a like a a suit that we wear. Yeah, but basically, and the, the the core essentially stabilizes the body. Or if you're if you're, and somebody actually in the Facebook group did say we should get uh, Stuart McGill on, and that's who I get a lot of my information from. It's a good shout. He is quite literally the world like like the one of the best in the world at like um sports injuries and spine stuff. So getting him on might be a might be a challenge. But I'll, I'll look into get on it. it. Get on but, it, Phil. Use all your swing and sway. But uh, so he talks about stiffening of the spine and basically the muscles just allow for um, the joints of the spine, the, the joints of the body to stay stable. In fact, actually, he's, I was listening to a podcast from the other day and it was like a video on YouTube and I can't remember what the name of the machine is, but they were the first people to ever basically use in the science to use um, something that x-rays, they were x-raying powerlifters while they did the exercises. So it was basically, oh, wow. a, um, and that actually what actually happened is someone, and fortunately slash unfortunately got injured while they were doing it. It was like the first time it was captured ever. But like oh, this, wow. and so he's got loads of stuff on YouTube. And so he was talking about like all the, the, the whole spine on this powerlifter was essentially stable, but one part of it just basically buckled under pressure. And that was it. Boom. And the disc was, you know, the disc gone. was gone. Yeah. And that, so that's what the, you know, that is what. Stuart called, McGill was that? Stuart McGill? Dr. Stuart McGill. So and if, if you, you want to look that up, people, there you go. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, when me people say like what, and that's the same with clients now, when they say like, you know, my background is one of the first uh, courses I did after spinning was actually Pilates. So, I, you know, I started doing this and I've probably forgotten most of it, I must admit, because it's something I've not, you know, kept up with in terms of the research as much. But some of the things I give uh, I give most of my clients is Stuart McGill has like what he calls the big three. And the exercises are like his modified crunch, which is worth looking up because it isn't a normal crunch. Um, I don't know if you do these exercises. You're probably familiar with a side plank. The side plank is, you know, most people do. Um, and a bird dog, if anyone's done the bird dog, which actually is. Have you done a bird dog before, mate? It's like a, it's like a Superman where you're, on, you're kind of on a, yeah. on all fours and you take uh, the leg and the arm out. Yeah, so opposite leg and opposite arm, yeah. isn't it? Which yeah, look so you look really... like you're doing um, a, 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 like a, you know, like the old pointer dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit like um, that, only, yeah. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to strengthen the transversus abdominis. You're trying to trans, uh, strengthen the internal, external obliques, even including the glutes. I would probably say in, turn, in terms of like, actually, if you're going to go as far as probably saying the lats as well. Um, and all those muscles that are deep in the body that like a corset, because what you need is those muscles to just keep the body stable while you do either. You know, some of the guys watching, listening to this or watching this, if we, yes, we haven't got the cameras on, we'll be doing sports. So they want to be able to, um, like create power you know a good example is you know you wouldn't have a like a good boxer that doesn't have good core strength because there would be no stability or power from the body or there'll be people listening that just have you know what we refer to as just general back pain and no no real reason for it other than the core's weak and other muscle groups are starting to compensate and get tight which means you get you know changes in the angle of the pelvis rounding of the shoulders and all these and all the all the basically the body just changes shape essentially yeah and that is a, that is basically the core though i guess the problem is is the way most people train it and it's probably worth saying that when we're talking about core training uh you know when someone might say to you, you know, do i need to do at do i need to do abs and my first question is you normally are you asking because you want to have a six-pack or are you asking because you want 
core strength for a bad back or a performance yeah. because they're two it's separate. For, normally the former, isn't it? Yeah, and if it is the former, then you and you then you need to get not be fat basically first yes. to yeah. see them. So that covers that. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do them. Um, if, it's very rare that guys have to do them. I remember when I did my bodybuilding competition, I was quite upset that my abs were quite small because I didn't really do them. And then I had a client a couple of years after that was far smaller than me. Never had a six pack before because he'd done endless abs most of his life. That when he got the fat down, they were epic. And obviously, there's right. a genetic a genetic component. So if you're somebody yeah. that you know, but most people listening probably won't need to do abdominal training in the same way as they would do legs, chest, arms. No, they correct. Don't need to build muscle. It's one of those. Um, it's one of those body parts. Correct me if, if you don't agree, but that you see massively overtrained in, in the gym. It's like you know, you'll see. You know, the we've talked about this before. The beach muscle crew. You know, you it'll be endless bicep, different varieties of bicep curls, and you know, curls on the cable curler with a dumbbell curl with a bar. All just thinking that the more they do, the better their bar, biceps are going to get. You get exactly the same with the abs. You know, somebody will be doing a side crunch, a you know, a, a you, you name it, and, and your knee up crunch, a a dumbbell rotation, you know, anything just to see in the hope that it's going to mythically burn up the fat and, and then show this six pack coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So, if we, oh, so carry on, mate. No, just going to say the, um, you know, it, those, those are the, the common things we see that people overtrain in the abs. So yeah, Phil, you, I, I totally agree with you on that. It's, um, it's massively overtrained. You don't need to do a lot, you know, as long as they're strong and let's face it, if you're squatting heavy, you're deadlifting heavy, reasonably heavy, um, and you're doing decent pull downs or pull ups, you're going to have a decent core because if you didn't, you would be you'd be collapsing in half when you were doing a, a squat and a deadlift, wouldn't you? Yeah, and that, I, 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 that's what I used to think. I tell you what, I got a good example because at one point I was doing, um, I, I started to qualify in like in uh, therapy, active release techniques. I, I went over to Norway to do a course. You know, it's very very technical, and I, then I realised I don't really enjoy it. And I think with a lot of things, it's the more difficult something is, the more passionate you have to be to really want to fucking learn it, right? If you're not, yeah. you know, you can't just, that's the kind of thing you can't really wing. But I was doing it for a bit. And I was obviously, I had the Pilates background. I remember I had a, a friend who at the time was a, like the European, um, European junior uh, power, powerlifting champion. He's squatting in a, in a suit, but still it's at the age of like, I think, I think they're under 18 or they might, I can't remember what the age was. But still his squat was over 300 kilos. So he's got this like, and these, obviously you could say that the suit is doing a lot a lot of that as well not lows but you know the, the squat suit does help that and for those who don't know a squat suit is worn it's like a basically a suit that's elasticated or really like stretchy gives you more like spring out of the bottom and he had a uh, some bad back uh, he had a bad back and he came to me and he was you know very very strong and he was barely able to do like clams like his glutes barely did anything so mm. that was a good example of like having a really strong core but having really weak butt essentially yeah, or really weak, yeah. like you know like external rotators um so that's something to be aware of if we just down just to stay on the same subject of people doing the i guess muscle but the abs if we're doing abs for visual it's kind of strange how you know everyone grows up or like learns you know you shouldn't train muscles too frequently you don't need to do them every single day you need to get pro- you know you need progressive overload but when abs come along it's like they just do like like it was always like, why are people doing light weights every day? If you are going to train them to grow like a muscle, do them twice a week, like everything else and go heavy and like, lift yeah. and get a plate behind your head. Or... Yeah. And this is always makes me laugh. I don't understand why so many women do it. I see a lot of women doing obliques and I'll tell you what, you don't want your waist. Oh, I'm maker. <laughs> Most women don't want a thick waist. No. And I see them doing obliques and there's that bodybuilder. Do you know who that, that bodybuilder? And I'm just gonna, he's, I think he's Chinese. He's an Asian bodybuilder. I think he's Chinese. 
I don't know. He's, he's Asian, but he's got an amazing body. But the one thing that ruins his, and I, I say this very, very loosely, what ruins his physique, because I would probably give my right arm to have it. But still, his, his obliques are really thick and it almost ruins the look. And, that, I, was, and yeah. I think to myself, why are so many women doing like side bends and all these exercises? Because really what you want is, what they really want is a tight waist, I guess, from doing like planks and stuff and then less body fat. Yeah, that's absolutely. What yeah, so yeah, that's, that's, a, that's number one, isn't it? Get rid of the body fat. Probably not a lot of people listening to this really need to do the core as a bodybuilding day, I guess. Um, really. No. I can't imagine there's many listening that might could be wrong and maybe in the future, but there can't be a large percentage that need to grow their abdominals, which will then which means we can just turn our attention now to the I guess the real reason for doing core strength, core work is to stabilize the body to reduce the risk of injury, reduce pain or increase uh, sporting performance. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do I, for yours then? What do you do? What, do you have a specific core routine yourself? You know what? I don't massively um, do a lot. I, I, I concentrate, as I said, on the big lifts and I, and I kind of let, um, obviously, you know, one of the main functions of the core is to c- increase the abdominal pressure, isn't it? Cause if you, if you can increase the abdominal pressure, um, there's a, a few practical things there for women. Obviously, if you've got a strong core, then you're going to have a. If you, when you have when you're pregnant, you're going to be able to deliver the baby quicker and, and easier because the, the the pressure that you can generate with your core is massive. But um, on the on That's the strength side of it, your um, you know, if you can generate a huge amount of internal pressure, and what I mean by that is pushing the diaphragm down um, as a, with a big lung full of air, and you push down into the core. Um, with your diaphragm then you compress the internal organs around the spine so you can generate um, if you've got a good core and by that I mean your transverse abdominus you know, if you want to get technical about it the, the um, and you know obviously the, the more obvious ones but then also the muscles in the back like you know um, without, again without getting too technical there's one called the Q is it the, Q, the quadratus lumborum that Q is one of the that's what I was you, yeah you took the one out of my mouth that oh my god just about to steal your thunder sorry yeah no that um, doesn't matter it's just something I was going to say like it was funny because I knew you know we talk you don't hear it come up and like but when yeah. I was doing the, the treatment of people the QL the QL, QL is hard, it's yeah. not hard to explain it kind of comes off about the like the lower back so thinking in that's the middle right. of the spine and it comes out down to kind of like the bottom of like to the to the hip bones. It that's right. Yeah, yeah. Fans so kind of out. It, it always into the spine, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And if you get that tight, it can be very painful. And you get that often from twisting to one side, it will shorten. So it kind of it's one of the things that kind of flexes you, kind of moves you side to side. But yeah. you rarely hear people talking about it. Then I was just watching that Stuart McGill um basically his video and it's something someone had uploaded it and they did like a test where they had people carry um 40 kilos like almost like a fire uh like a farmer's wall i think they had 40 kilos in both hands or maybe 20 in each hand i, I heard the word the number 40 i was driving um, and then they did that they did that x-ray thing again and they just like kind of tested with a emg what muscles are working and the ql came up quite a lot and he did refer to it quite a lot so um it's not surprising that when you think of what it actually does, you know, where it inserts and, and, orig- and originates. So, you know, the, the, the other one is the rectus, um, not the rectus abdominis, the rectus spinae. So you've got the, the muscles in the lower back are just as important, obviously, as the muscles in the front. So you create this natural girdle so that when you squat or you deadlift, the internal pressure um, that you generate with, with those muscles actually then compresses the spine and secures it. So you get, if you think of it, it's almost like a natural belt, isn't it? Yeah. Well, so you create a, a muscular belt around your torso, which then supports your spine. Um, and those, you know, those people who can do that without needing a belt to, you know, do it artificially will then obviously go on to, to be much less injury prone in future. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I yeah. followed Jordan Peters, and he had an I think he had an Olympic coach 
from the age of like 13, 14, and he never let him do use a belt. And now, like, you know, he's God, like one, you know, freak of nature. And he's like, he's like yeah. doing stiff leg deadlifts with 300 kilos without a belt because he, from the very beginning, he didn't use it as a, as a kind of, a kind of a, a, a tool. Yeah. I use it for me. I tend to, I tend to try to only use the belt on the main set. So I, wore, I warm up without one of them. I use it on the main set. And as I get stronger, the warm up sets get heavier, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm gradually getting stronger without the belt, but I'm only using it on the, that's exactly what I do. Yeah, I um, I go to build up my core. I keep I keep away from the belt um, until I go into my into my ninety percent um, yeah. or my eighty five percent. I don't go near it before that purely because I want I want my core to get stronger. I don't want to rely on on a belt too much. And I, and with with personally with clients as well, I, I, I can't think of one single client I train. I do a lot of deadlifts and squats and everything else with strength stuff with my clients. And not one of them is currently using a belt because I don't really allow them yeah. to unless there's a back condition that would warrant it. So um, that's, that's my theory on that. And it's, it's, you know, it's stood people in pretty good stead and you, you're always going to get problems with lower backs. Unfortunately, it's one of our weak, you know, with knees and um, hips, it's one of our weak points. Well, I'll tell you what, most I guess, you know, if we kind of, I was, you know, most people listening are kind of in the mature crowd, even if I guess you're getting into 30 or, you know, your 30s, 40s, 50s, you're going to need to do it. And um, every inch of that, I've had a bit of a, I, I really, I got a bit of a groin pain at the moment. And it's like in the right groin. And then it kind of is almost like if you could put a pin through my hip, goes out to the back of my arm, basically the side. And I've had that pain on and off for about 20 years. And it always, it's always because I've stopped doing my clans. And it's, it's always like, so that's why so I always have that reminder of like, you have to keep up the core exercises because you're always, you know, we always, the body just resorts back to its, you know, almost, you know, you slouch a lot, sitting down a lot, you know, you're always going to have to counter that. And yeah. especially if you, if you do sports that are, you know, you're doing the same things over and over. Like, you know, if you're a power lifter, for example, you, you swim, for example, you're doing lots of movements that are repetitive. You're going to need to maintain that core strength. So for me at the moment, I am, I'm not really a fan of doing it in terms of like, I don't really do it in terms of bodybuilding, but I have gone back to doing um, the clams, which is an exercise where you let like a Pilates clam. So you lay on your side and lift the knee up. So it's for your butt, basically. Um, I've gone back to doing some kind of planks and side planks, and I will probably go back. I'll probably add that bird dog in. And these are just done for time. Like I just, you know, building up to having like doing two or three sets of 30 seconds to a minute. And actually in that study that Stuart McGill was talking about, actually he was saying that there's a, a point where if uh, where a muscle is, if you're lifting, I can't remember the percentage now, which is annoying, but I, cause I don't want, I think he said 80 or 90%, but at some uh, point where the, where the, the, the load is heavy, you actually can't contract those stabilizing muscles very well. So actually that shows how dangerous those heavier exercises, I use the word dangerous loosely, you know, that's how you know, it increases the risk at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Increased risk. Yeah. is a good one. And if you're going to do them with like, um, for, for for like stability now so i'm not every from now on i'm not talking to kind of a bodybuilding point of view that's when you could do them every day because that was what was what was difficult for a lot of people that came to my pilates classes is a lot of those muscles become um i can't remember who it was but some guy basically coined the term glute amnesia and it basically was like the muscle forgets to work it forgets how yeah to do it just it. switches off yeah. yeah so you don't get you know your people would listen if you've been to fish you'll hear things say like the muscle doesn't fire the muscle doesn't work or you can't tense it and that's true for a lot of times like I've got certain muscles when I did my bodybuilding competition, I was doing the posing lessons and the guy, I remember the first time he said, you know, flex your muscles. I was like, wait a minute, my left thigh doesn't flex very hard, but my right does. And that left thigh is short, is smaller. So there's definitely a firing issue there. Yeah. So, so those things, a lot of times with these exercises, there's actually a skill to it. And you, you know, I don't know if you've ever taught group classes. One of the things I used to hate teaching was drop in Pilates classes because, you know, 
people will come in one week, not come for a few weeks. So they'd never learn the skill. Whereas yeah. prior to doing those classes, I used to have ones that were, I think they were 16 weeks paid. So you, you know, you, you had the same people for 16 weeks and yeah. you get someone to do like a bird dog. And you'd, I'd say to the whole class, I guarantee you don't need to take your leg and arm off. That's quite advanced. It's harder than it looks. Because yeah. what you're trying to do is you're trying to, stability exercises are usually about, if you're taking, if you think of Pilates, Pilates, a lot of the Pilates exercises are because if you go to floor-based, like Matt Boss referred to as mat-based Pilates, there's no real resistance. It's just body weight. Yeah. So usually, so you got, what I used to say to my clients or people that came was that you're using your legs or arms or some movement to be kind of like resistance or a challenge. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to lock the spine in a certain neutral position. You're trying to use those core muscles to go back to what Stuart McGill says, you know, about stiffening the spine. That spine needs to be like a metal rod fixed like the in the position. And then you move the legs and arms and that shouldn't, that shouldn't cause any movement to the spine. Right. That makes sense. You're trying to challenge it. And I look around and there'll be people like on one line. I had one lady one time trying to do the left leg and the left arm. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I, that. <laughs> I, was, I, I watched her for a second because I'm an arsehole and I just laughed. And I was like, I said to her, you guys the opposite. And I said, I would have been impressed if you could have taken the same side off. Like David Blaine. Yeah. And like, <laughs> again, like, you know, and that's, if you think of that bird dog and if people visioning like being on their hands and knees, the, the, like the kind of analogy I was taught or you see a lot is, and I was just saying to classes, imagine you go around someone's house and you're on their best carpet and you're on your hands and knees and someone put a glass of red wine on your hips and on your shoulder blades, right? Yeah. And that is, if you spill that wine, you're going to get like, maybe you went around to Putin's house and you were like, that wine is on your back. And they said, right, now move your arms and legs that you don't want to spill that wine. That's the, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about stability when that body is so fixed. And that's why those exercises, if you do a bird dog properly, you'll see people breaking out into a sweat. Yeah. Damn right. Because you're tensing everything. I mean, you've got, you know, like you said, it's, it should be done slow and controlled as well. And half, half the battle used to be slowing people down. I'm sure you'd agree with this. Yeah, definitely. Normal, but you you say, right, count to five. And I don't know, I don't know what people are counting in their head, but it certainly isn't five. Do you know what I did for that? Right. Five seconds up, five seconds down. And you end up, they end up swinging their arm up and swinging the leg out in a couple, two seconds. The best fix for that was two things. I would say I stopped doing repetitions because if you gave someone, you said to someone do right, ten, good idea. 10 repetitions, they'd rush. I was like, right, you're on the clock. So the first yeah. thing I stopped it. And then I would just have them coordinate the movement with the breathing. So you, and in Pilates, and this is what was good about the, the set classes. Cause when people came to my, I think they were 12 weeks, but it doesn't matter. So when they came to the 12 class, uh, Pilates has principles and they are the principles that you have to teach for them, and the things you have to teach people when I go through the ABC. So how you set up a Pilates exercise is like, a simple way to remember it is ABC alignment, but alignment is kind of like your posture, right? Right. Then add the breathing and then C actually is actually stands for core. Cause what they found in some research was that people with bad backs, the core muscles should switch on automatically. You know, if you bend over to pick up a pen, you don't have to think to yourself, I better tense my core. No, it just happens. But people that have bad backs in some research showed that that was a bit off that the timing was off. So you used to actually like kind of train, train people to turn it on first. Also, that gave them a chance to learn the engagement. And yeah. sometimes I'd spend one, two, three weeks on that before we even did exercises. And that's why they learned so well, because they learned the basics um, first and, and then built up to saying, right, if I can do alignment, breathing, centering, move an arm. Week five, alignment, breathing, centering, can I do a bridge? Do you know what I mean? It starts to build yeah. up. They learn it from the basics. And that is that is that's the that is what slowed people down, was trying to get them to um, go back to my point, was to to do the movement with the breathing and breathing with, you know, a a proper full uh, thoracic breath is what it's called would take, you know, 
two, three, four seconds to breathe in, three, four seconds to breathe out. That's eight seconds. So if you breathe, if you're moving, coordinate with the breathing, it slowed everyone down. So that was a yeah, nice that's a good to... point actually. If you coordinate the movement yeah. with the breathing, yeah. One other thing that you might be able to shed some light on this if you did the course, the Pilates course, is a lot of injuries can actually switch the core off, can't they? Yeah, so you get hip, you get like you just get muscles get inhibited like and that's just, yeah that's probably beyond what we know and what my knowledge is but it just that'd be a lot of neural stuff i've got oh yeah friend- i mean i wouldn't know any details <clears throat> but i do i just know from experience that i remember someone saying that you know because they had a, a bad they had a, a back injury it could because the, the body was sympathizing with the injury it would actually switch the core off because the core being engaged was actually causing pain yeah, no, that, don't, I mean? that, that would probably go. Well, we haven't, yeah, we haven't actually released the episode yet. But <laughs> I was going to say, talk, talking about the pain episode that we do have coming soon. That we oh, you're going to love. Everyone's going to love that. Yeah, yeah, that would that would relate to it. I got another friend who's actually doing a master's in some of this stuff. Who's uh, talks about how like these injuries relate to organs and stuff, and that's quite that's something that uh, we can get on at some point. So yeah. the core is it doesn't have to be like it, it, the, probably the, the the cliff notes are that it's more than just your six pack. It can be done. You're better off doing it for performance reasons and stability and the the reason for doing it whether you want to have um you know what happens when you have weak muscles is other muscles compensate you know yeah. the analogy was like if you have 10 people working for you if all 10 people are working well it's fine but if five of them are shit then the other five have to do more work yeah that's a good that's a good analogy i like that so that's kind of what happens with the body you know because the human yeah. body you've got people think of the of injuries and all these things as bad you know, this is the body is is actually intelligent it means that when you have an injury, you don't, you know, from an evolutionary point of view, you don't lay around and then get eaten. You actually can carry on. So actually yeah. it's very smart. But what actually happens is, you know, you know, we, we sit a lot, we drive a lot and all these muscles become, lots of muscles become very, very tight, very, very long, very weak. And then muscles, you're right, they just start to forget what to do because they just don't get worked. Yeah. So a good example thing- is being sat down all day and your glutes switch off like we talked earlier. So if you've hips. got a sedentary job and you sat on your ass all day, your glutes are going to go, well, I'm not needed. And they're, they're just yeah, shut down. Yeah. And let me give you an example. So Heather, my friend, I, again, I want to get her on because she's like, she's like, she's fucking amazing, but she's got some, like I told you the other week, she's got some, oh, yeah, she's got some issues, yeah. Real bad, serious health issues. So, but I'll get her on. And if anybody wants to, if her name is Heather Pearson, um, if you search the Pearson method, she is the, so when we go back to ART and all these things she does, she's actually the Europe's the, the instructor for the whole of Europe. And she's taught like um, physios at Arsenal and Chelsea, and she's worked with Olympic athletes. She's so good, but I want to get her on when she's feeling great. But, um, yeah. so, ba- but, you know, she's in her book, she talks about like um, muscles just compensating again. We can, so when do I, when I go to see her and typically when I have injuries, I go and see her because, you know, she's amazing. And she it always comes back to my glutes, you know, my right side, especially. And to, to put it in perspective, her kind of, her level one protocol is to kind of lay on your side. And if anyone wants to know what it looks like, we can probably find a video, but you, you put your knees on, you lay on your side and the clam, it's like, a, it looks like a clam because you lift the top knee and her level one is to hold that knee in the air. And she wants you to get to the point where you can do three sets of about 60 seconds. Now with, um, rehab exercises you shouldn't just they shouldn't be like you know you're, you're you're holding on for dear breath you're going red in the face you should be able to do them quite almost quite relaxed yeah so the rpe scale is like you know if you're good at a good core exercise the rpe is going to be like a four five six so that would be the rate of perceived um, yes version yeah so and that's why i don't to kind of digress like you'd see i know when people aren't doing their pilates exercises properly because the idea of pilates is to work the deep core muscles which work at a lower level so if you're holding your breath and you're going red in the face i know really what you're doing is working like you're, you're you know you're, i see people you may have seen it when someone's doing like a leg you no know, like a leg stretch where the leg goes away and they're holding onto the mat for example or they're gripping onto something yeah yeah so they're using larger muscle groups the idea of pilates was to switch those what we refer to those global muscles 
muscles off, the big muscles off to give the smaller muscles a chance to work. Yeah. And so, also you, know, you see, you see people doing um, sit-ups and they have to put a weight on their feet. Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah, same principle, isn't it? So her kind of level one glute exercises do, I want you to not go to level two until you can hold that knee in the air for 60 seconds times three, but that 60 seconds has to be like, you know, I could just chat to the, I was going to say chat to the dog. You know, the other day I, I actually walked past the kitchen yesterday and I waved at the dog and I thought I'm going mental, um, but that's for another Mate, story. You've been, in, you've been like, inside been, too long. been locked up way too long. So, you know, that's a kind of, a, her, waved at the dog. <laughs> I waved it and I thought, luckily it was like 11 o'clock and no one saw me and I was like, now I've just told the world, obviously, on the internet. It's like, what were you hoping the dog was going to do? Like, wait, I really hope you'd be like, wink at me and go, all right, mate. Like, <laughs> it's like I as soon as I did it, I thought, what a twat. Like, what the fuck's wrong Brilliant. And, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, anyway, before I forget, because, you know, go having, you know, because I've got probably got outside cognitive issues yeah exactly going back to the news no anyway so her 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 prerequisite her level one is three times 60 but it has to be like five out of ten six out of ten so i go out there with a knee injury got my back injury i hurt my back and my knee a few years back and she was like do three times 60 i go home think that's going to be easy the first time i did i did 45 seconds uh like 30 seconds and set three was like 15 seconds wow and this is a time when i'm squatting you know, mostly, you know, in the give or take 180 or plus kilos. So that just goes to show that that glute was so weak. And what happens over time is that glute is weak. You know, my knee rolls in because, you know, when I'm squatting and then I get knee problems or, and so a lot of injuries come from kind of having weak glutes. She'll talk about yeah. weak glutes. And I call, I, when people talk about core, she did kind of write about it in separate chapters in the book, probably just to make it clearer. But, you know, I think when I think of core, I think glutes, like stabilizing muscles of the of the around the midsection, like transverses and what we like and the obliques, so doing planks, and then just maybe like lats and mid back. If I'm going to go a bit, if I kind of kind of venture outside core slightly, um, yeah. But for those listening who are already maybe doing deadlifts and squats and those things, but still maybe struggling to, because uh, one of the problems with having a weak core, having these weak links, is especially if you're listening and you and you want to get personal best. And I found the same as you always, there's always, you'll get this lot where there's a certain weight which breaks you every time because that's your, you know, the weak link in your body. Yeah. Get injured. So the that's, movement chain just can only go yeah, so far. Basically. Exactly. So it's like, if you know, yeah. if you don't, you're only as strong as your weakest link. I know it sounds a bit cliche, but if you're, if you're not fixing those weak links and uh, another video I saw a guy taking like world record bench press holders, these guys are world record bench press holders and, I don't know if he picked the pink dumbbell because it was pink to take the piss, but he had them doing like one, two kilo ex- external rotation exercises for their shoulders and they could barely do them. Yeah. yeah. These are guys that are like bench pressing 300 kilos and they could barely do an external rotation with two kilos. And then, yeah. you know, same as Heather gives me that exercise with a bottle of water. And I've said before, you know, we fill the bottle of water up 200 grams, which is, you know, 200 mils, about 200 grams. Yeah. So these exercises don't have to be. Uh, typically if you've got a bad back or you've got injuries, typically those rehab exercises are going to have to be um, Super lot, light. low intensity yeah. and very, very controlled. Yeah. And then you can, then, you know, even in a book, she's got some progressions where she moves to a Swiss ball. And then at some point, you know, and I, and I used to say this to my Pilates, one of the things I disliked about Pilates is a lot of the people would come to the gym, come to my class and only do Pilates. Yeah. And I was like, you, it's like, you know, you missed a progressive overload. I'm like, you're, and also the one I taught was mat based. So you're only laying on the floor. It yeah. doesn't really teach you how to use that newfound core strength in a function. I hate to use the word, but in a functional way, like, no, you know, fun- functional is a good word, mate. You've got to get over that. I guess, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but that's, but that, that's, that was another issue. So hopefully that kind of clears up. I mean, my favorite, I don't think the exercises have to be too complicated. You know, Heather gives me clams, uh, side plank and front planks, uh, the bird dog. Like if you, and I said, like, if you go to, 
uh, YouTube and, and just search uh, Dr. Stuart McGill. Um, uh, he calls them the big three. Those three will probably be in it. You know, bear in mind, he's worked with, you know, he works yeah. with powerlifters and Olympic athletes, world-renowned. Those three will will cover most of your bases because what I think a lot of people do, same with, we've said, we've, we've said this before, is probably learn too many exercises. Yeah. And then they're not very good at them and they, you know, they, you know, they try and learn too many. Whereas if you just do those three, it kind of really covers all the bases quite well. Yeah, there's um, there's another one I would add to that, and that's um, obviously I'm I'm not anywhere near in, in their their level of, of coaching on core specifically, but there's one I've always found that really works well, and it's like bird dog, but imagine on your back like a dead bug. Do you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, that's called a dead bug. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, that's that's what I call it. As well. <laughs> yeah, that's it's good. actually good. <laughs> no, that's imagine, actually a good exercise. Yeah. Imagine imagine you're laying on your back. Just for those those listening, imagine you're laying on your back with your arms straight in front of you and your legs straight up in front of you. Um, in front of your hips if you like and then slowly you would lower your left leg and your right arm towards the floor not to touch and then you can back up and then you alternate the opposite side so um it's kind of like the opposite of yeah. um, but, but but bear in mind there'll be a lot of people listening who won't need to do uh, who might only have to do left arm right arm left leg right leg they kind of do one limit bear in mind some people won't have the strength to move all oh, i see what you mean yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so, yeah yeah I mean, so you can always regress these exercises down uh the yeah. but that that exercise actually is a good alternative um some people will find the side plank and the planks hard because they've got shoulder problems yeah so it's like so it's like an alternative you know that is yeah you're right the dead bug i used to do that um that exercise quite a lot and that is you know very similar to most, you know, Pilates exercises, you'll get them called the leg stretch or the double leg stretch. And they have all these fancy names. Really what they are is you're laying on your back, you're creating a neutral posture with your head, shoulders, lower back, spine. You're, you're engaging the core to lock that position, to stiffen the spine. Yeah. And then you're moving the legs and the limbs to challenge the stability, whether that's kind of, you know, you know whether that's someone's coming, you know, you could say to someone next time you do a plank, I want you to just rock me or push me. Like it's, it's just yeah. ways of challenging yourself to um you know you're, tr you're trying not to break that form or that posture or you or you might uh that's what i've done as well is, is get someone to do a plank but put a diner band around them and then put some tension on it yeah yeah exactly um and that's why i love it i think you shared it the so the the world record for you must have a really sad life if you can train to do a four-hour plank oh god i think it was more than four hours Sorry, but if you look at the posture on them, like, you, you would put, put you would never way, do it she like put on she watched a whole movie um, on her phone with the phone in front of her while she did the plank. So it was like, I think, and then, and then listen to a few albums as well. And a couple of podcasts. I mean, she just, it was the boredom factor was the problem. It's like, what the hell do you do when you're holding six hours in a plank position? I think it was, I'm sure it was six hours. Crazy. But yeah. I mean, the, yeah, Jesus. But um, there's also one, one thing I wanted just to briefly kind of discuss because I think it helps to kind of visualize what's going on in the core as well. And, and the whole movements of the whole body really, but when, because we're specifically talking about core today is just the planes of movement. So you've got like, um, you've got frontal plane, haven't you? Sagittal plane and the transverse plane. So uh, without going too depth, too in, de in depth with this, um, you've got the body works essentially through these three planes of movement. So you need to be able to work the core um, and your body through those three planes of movement. So what often happens is, say like a runner, for example, would be the movement, the running movement is basically the sagittal plane, which is just directly forward. So yeah. um, there's this an interesting story about this, which I'll quickly tell you. So there was a, I heard a story about this sprinter who was really good at sprinting. I mean, you know, like county level, you know, about to join the Olympic squad kind of level. And um, he 
he was so good at sprinting, but that's all he did. Um, he, he he wasn't they weren't doing a lot of strength and conditioning or or you know that kind of stuff that kind of stuff in, in, to complement it at the time. And his mate went to um, ask him to to play football. So you know, <laughs> sure why not? So he went and played football, and that was the end of his sprint career. I almost have the same story, but not as I'm not as, at his level where. Because he was, it just ruined him. Yeah, he was because all he could do was move through a sagittal plane forward. As soon as he he made the body go diagonally, rotate, um, he just basically he was out of the game for two years. I mean, out of the game for two years with with injury from from that. Because literally all he'd done is trained one plane of movement. So all I'm saying basically is when you when you are doing any of these, look have a little look on on the online. You'll see what I'm talking about. So the the three different planes of movement need to be able. You need to be strong in all three planes, Um, and that includes the core. So that's what we're talking about. Things like um, you know, thread the needles. I'm just about to had that came into my. I get you. (laughs) Literally, like. It's like, yeah, I was that, I just about to say thread the needles. I haven't done those for ages. It's a great mobility exercise as well. So you might be able to explain the thread the needle better. Just um, give everybody a, a, a side point, on... basically, isn't it? No. And then, you, and then you take your hand through the middle of the you're, arms and then back well, up. Well how, I, well, how I've always done it is like you're on all fours like the bird dog. Oh, I know what you're... Yeah, okay, I'm with you. I, I then, call that... I, it's just all down to semantics and names, isn't yeah. it? I'd, I'd call it, but basically I'll just explain my thread the needle is you basically hold a side plank. Um, the arm, your, your right arm, so let's say is, is up in the air. Your left arm is bracing you against the floor. And then all you would do is drop that top arm down, reach through the gap between your torso and the floor to reach behind you and then go back to that yeah. same spot. I remember so, they brought it, they brought it into body pump when I taught it. It was too, it was, I remember the song as well. It was Kanye West, Love Lockdown. Crazy. <laughs> you never forget. You Even like, I've not taught those classes for 10 years, but if you put the music on, like, I can still remember most of the choreography. It's crazy. But wow, yeah, that it's was, so ingrained. That was, yeah, that's how much you learn it. Yeah, no, that's a good, no, that's a good, yeah, that is a good. So basically you've got the, the rotation in there as well as just the. Which, so you've got, yeah, transverse. You've got, yeah, it's, it's all in there. I had the same story. I was training the gym, barely, barely had any injuries. And I went and played rounders one day and put my knee out. Just because I yeah. went to I went to turn and catch the ball, and that was when I was like, and I used to joke that I was only able to like move in certain planes because I was just taught, teaching body pump, and I was better <laughs> when I kit box because that was the first time I ever really did. I went back to doing sporting movements and things like rotation, but then now, yeah, it's like I always. That's why I say if anyone invited me to play football now or anything like that, I'd say no. <laughs> I'd be like, no, I've got <laughs> one. one no, I'm not going to risk it. Thanks. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying not to die, and I'm trying to be in as good shape as possible at this point now. Yeah. But having said that, though, like you know, when my shoulder's better, which is almost, I'm going to go back to kickboxing. So we'll see. It'd be interesting to see how that. I'll obviously have to take it easy, and that will that will probably motivate me to do more core work and definitely more mobility work and stretching because you know if you haven't got good flexibility or mobility or core strength in a, in a martial art, then you're going to be pretty shit. And yeah, you're not going to last and, long, and you're going to going to get punched in the face a lot. So, yeah. is, so uh, I just need to find somewhere to do it nearby. Yeah, so that's it. Kind of it is important to do, and it's funny because it's so I hate it. I find it so boring, but it's kind of like, and I and I, I'd be the first to admit that I don't do it enough. And I and it's one of those things that it, it comes back to bite you in the ass when you don't do it. That's the problem. Yeah, it's one of those things that it, you don't you don't you don't actually lose the benefit of doing it until you till you you get hurt or and then you think shit. I wish I'd done more core. And the only way you can try to motivate yourself, and I'm talking trying to motivate myself now, is if you if you look at core strength, core work, and think, oh, it's boring, it's just core strength, strength. But you've got to try and look at the bigger picture. So for me, it might be like trying to motivate myself by saying, right, it could be the difference between squatting 200 and 250. 
then I'm like, hey, you need to do it. Like it's yeah. like it's the bigger picture, but it is so hard to do. And I don't, I don't get, I don't understand those people that can do it for hours. I the same as bicep training. But I see guys doing it for like an hour. I'm like, how can you do it? It's so boring. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully we covered. We covered everything there. Do you think? I think that's all? pretty good. I mean, if if we've if we've missed anything or there's something out yeah, there, they can that ask. You, yeah, you didn't want you want us to cover more, or you didn't quite understand. I think it's, it's um, pretty basic. I think people overcomplicate it, but I think yeah, it's one of those things that it's basic in the sense I don't think there's lots of exercises to learn. You don't have to be doing it all the time, but I, mm. the exercises are quite skill based when you actually do this. If you talk, go back to yeah. like the bird dog and stuff, and um, definitely worth going to some Pilates classes or some tr- getting to getting a coach to help you if you're struggling with them because their exercises like even when i go and see heaven i do like my clams because she's got a better view of me but like i'm on my side sometimes even then i i still have to it's still hard to have the awareness in space even yeah. when you've been doing it for years it's sometimes nice to have someone just to, look, to watch you or you know yeah film yourself doing stuff i, I used to say to all the time to people in classes they used to look at me like i was mental maybe that was quite a long time ago then i was saying that but now it's probably more people do it more now they film themselves more and you and you'd not you, you put the nail on the head when you said um like doing it slow and controlled. So, you know, there's no, the thing is like, that's, that's a really good point you said earlier about not doing it for reps, do it for time. Gareth, so that, who was on a, who was on the, who was, what episode did we have Gareth and Carl on? <laughs> last season, was the end of last season? Yeah, end of last season. Was, the last, yeah. was it the last episode, 20? No, uh, it might have been. No, no, I don't think so. If you find the episode with Gareth, who I said, like, he was the one that gave me my first job. He actually, I went on the Pilates course with him. That's where he was my manager. We both went on it. He still teaches online Pilates now and does a lot of mobility stuff. So if you find him on Instagram, um, he still does a lot of his content is based on mobility drills, stretching and Pilates, which he still does online. And actually, apart from the time difference, because he's in Canada, he, um, he offered a 12 week course recently and the, the price was super reasonable for 12 weeks. But if you're, so if you were looking to learn more of that, then um, he might be a good person to follow because he, de- he tends to put a lot more content up. Um, so find him on the last episode or whenever it was Gareth knock uh, yeah. on his Gareth underscore knock, I think on in- Instagram. Uh, or if, and also if you've got a bad, if you actually have listened to this and you've got a bad back, I can't, I would strongly recommend getting my friend Heather's book, Heather Pearson, the, the Pearson method. Um, we'll put that in the notes because it's, it's, it's a great book covers everything and it gives you the exercises even gives you the plan how many reps and sets and stuff so oh that's decent yeah, yeah it's yeah. good it's really good from a rehab point of view well i could right. i think we've i think we've covered that i think we've talked about <laughs> the, the, 40 the core. Minutes. We've, we've talked what the core is how how you train it what, why it's important so i think we've covered most yeah. of it there um, if you want a six pack don't be fat yeah well that exactly have low body fat if you're looking yeah. for a six pack don't do endless crunches because you're probably going to mess your back up and um and also you're going to waste your time yeah cool. awesome right that is the end of the episode we'll see you again soon remember if any of the ladies out there if you've got throw someone under the bus nominate yeah. yourself because we do would like some women to enter this little light thing we're doing um and we'll we'll see you real real soon yep cheers everyone see yeah. you next time bye if you enjoyed this episode of mature muscle please subscribe and find us on most social media until next time stay shredded